Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pest Control, an actual play podcast with Althaven. I'm your keeper, Sam, and I use he, him pronouns. Today, we are returning to our game of Monster of the Week by Michael Sands and Evil Hat Productions. This season is focused on the community of Norfolk, a town that is slowly losing its identity to the encroaching city and the sudden revelation to the world that monsters live among us. We have a couple of tenets that we're going to be trying to examine this season in addition to the regular recommendations from Monster of the Week itself. The first of which is show the community, show where it is coming together and where it is fraying. And the other is show the world of the myriads, show how the world is different now since they revealed themselves in ways both complex and mundane. I'm gonna go ahead and let my players introduce themselves. Players? Hi, I'm William, they, them, and I'm playing Kelly Aberdeen, the crooked, he, him. Hi, my name is Jonas. I tend to use they, them pronouns, and I am playing Rabbit Moon, the shape changer, he, they, et al. Hi, I'm Sam, she, they, and I am playing Nami, uh, the divine, who uses she, her pronouns. So we are going to hop right into our arc two downtime. This is a type of episode we're doing between every arc to allow Kelly, Rabbit, and Nami time to pursue things that may have fallen to the wayside while they were trying to track down the latest monster. We're gonna look at XP, luck, and the beliefs system, which is getting a small change or rewrite now that we have had some time to play with it and figure out what works. I really appreciate you all sticking with me as I've tried to figure out the best way to do this. Actually, I quit the podcast, Sam. Oh, well. Yeah, you said sticking with it, and I was like, you know what? I actually don't want to do that. This is awkward. I can't believe you got, all y'all made it 20 episodes in. You know what? Hey, 20 episodes is a good run, you know? This is episode 20? Longer than that. the original show, which is what I signed up, literally okay. signed my name to. So. so, I feel like we <laughs> usually start this with William and Kelly. So, instead, I want to start it with Sam <gasps> and Ooh. Nami. Oh, actually, hey, I, I take woo! it back. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Jonas, I was going to quit the podcast again. Oh, me too. Oh, I was, was, was going to rejoin just to quit. So many things that would cause y'all to quit the podcast. Yeah, you've been on thin ice, Richardson. By the way, you just accused realize. me of, of having so many things that made me want to quit the podcast. Made me want to quit the podcast, Sam. <laughs> Sam, you just made William quit the podcast. I'm going to quit the podcast. See you. Okay. Well, fuck you guys. I quit the podcast. <laughs> Whoa! Not solo podcast, hey, just hey, me. Sam. I can't wait to listen to Sam Sam Dar's podcast. <laughs> hey Richardson, you want to join my new podcast? It's called Pest Control. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Uh, are you DMing? No, you are. Oh, hold shit. on. Okay. I'm, I'll join, but I'm quitting if if my friend Sam doesn't join. I, I used to do a, a different oh, one. I'm okay, cool, oh, okay, cool, cool. good, good. Okay, so wait, Sam I wanna, Dar. I, wait, I want to beat this to death. Can we keep <laughs> Sam Dar? Love to talk to you, Sam, but my dogs are barky. <laughs> Oh, dogs are barking. Oh, dogs are barking? I quit the fucking podcast. <laughs> Damn it. I have to leave Maybe the dogs the barking dogs. into they the believe? podcast now, William. You realize that, right? Yeah, I put You've a cursed, little button on it. You've I put cursed a me it. with dogs barking sounds. We are going to start with our with XP dogs barking sound for everybody so that if any of you could level up and potentially talk about your new moves during your personal section there that we can tie that all in together. So we are borrowing this from the Monster of the Week resources text, which is called End of Session Experience. We are changing that to End of Arc Experience because it fits better with how we run our show. 
So the questions that we are going to ask, we'll go through these one at a time, are did they conclude the current mystery? Did they save someone from certain death or worse? Did we learn something new and important about the world? And did we learn something new and important about the hunters? If there are one to two yeses, we mark one point of experience each. If there are three to four yeses, we mark two points of experience each. So did they conclude the current mystery? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As much Great. as we could have, I, I still don't really know why the little monsters hated us so much, but like, yeah, it's probably because we were big. Well, you know, they just wanted, well, actually I kind of get it. They just wanted to survive and grow and didn't care that they anyway. wanted to <laughs> infect everyone and then yeah. maybe also do something else that we never got to. <laughs> Did they save someone from certain death or worse? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I I think so. I feel like I mean, there's a lot of arguments to be made, but I feel like there's a very, very pointed moment with with um, Akito. I feel like that was a very much like that was was going to die or not die and was ultimately saved, I think. Absolutely. There's actually multiple instances of yeah. that. The other one I think of is Stella Hartley, Pink Moon, right mm -hmm. at the end as she was like coming inside to come downstairs into Cold's basement for the ritual. Mm -hmm. Kelly had Butch yank the, the strangle worm out of her. Mm. violently which did save her life ultimately because mm -hmm. she would have died if that had gotten left in her so yes i think i think the answer to that is yes yeah did we learn something new and important about the world <laughs> um yes <laughs> and this we we've we talked about this last time but we should specifically think of this as far as like the frame of our story so did yeah. we learn something new and important about norfolk or the city Oh, okay. Or um, I mean, it can be, it can I mean, be wider like, than that yeah, too. I but. do you think we learned we learned that um, the thing about cold yeah. and and vac the vacuum like offshoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like, like that counts. hundred And also, yeah. I think I, I guess this is hard to say. We like fully learned it, but we've gotten like hints at least that like something is coming from the city or something. Like like we have more like we, literally like the the sewers like some or the, the subway stuff. Like there was like. I guess that's just further like fodder for theorizing. Not necessarily we learned what's going on. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you've learned the answer to yeah. that yet. Yeah. There's definitely been some some hints about something going on, but I don't mm -hmm. think you have actually officially learned the answer to that yet. Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Yes, we learned a lot about rabbit. Yeah. Yes, I was we did. Learn, and also, I think a lot about like where Nami comes too. from and what that means, like for her. And like, there was a lot of and like, front loaded, especially. We learned that Kelly has Butch. That's mm -hmm. true. This arc was the arc that Kelly that's, was I feel like, like. We learned oh, a lot about all our hunters. That's, yeah. right. that's right. I would say y'all get a yes to that one just for that scene on top of Kelly's old house mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you like you know talk about everything i feel like, like we all dropped every that's right we did we, we literally were just like cards on the table pretty much yep. yeah and yep. we'll never yeah. get to check that one off at the end here ever again <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. i have no more secrets uh -huh. to share. sure <laughs> i don't have secrets even sam richardson doesn't know okay that is four yeses which means everyone gets to mark two points of experience wow oh we I sam, i'm up. over halfway to my next level <laughs> How many times have y'all leveled up? This is my third. So far, Kelly's leveled up four times. This will be the fourth time. Nami has now leveled up three times. This is the third time. And Rabbit has leveled up four times. Mm -hmm. I have a question mm -hmm. for the crew here. Mm -hmm. So in my level up, there's my improvements. One of them is that I can gain an ally, one of your old crew. But 
one of them is also that I can take a crooked move, another crooked move, and I have a crooked move that's crew. You have a regular crew, a team of three or four people who will help you with pretty much anything. They count as a team, which there's like rule sets for teams. But what's the what's the benefit of just taking one ally as opposed to having a crew? I think it is specifically like from your old crew. What that implies to me is like someone powerful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the, I, the I idea see. of a of a crooked is that you like one of the things about that playbook, as far as I understand it, is that you like came from a crooked past. Yeah. Like there is a mm. thing that you did as like before the events of the story and you are like pulling someone from that past into. I'm also just now realizing that they're, they're using the word ally there deliberately because ally is a thing. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Ally yes. is different than like just like an NPC or whatever. Right. So capital A ally. Yeah, because there was there's another move that I could have taken where like if I tell someone who I am and I manipulate them and I succeed or something like they not only believe me, but they become my ally or something. Yeah. So first of all, let's go around and talk about which moves you took if you're leveling up. I think we're going to see new moves from everybody here. So Nami, let's start with you. What are you taking on this new level up? Okay, so I have a, a question to your question, mm -hmm. which is, does my sword count as an old-fashioned hand weapon? Yes. Why? Wonderful. I'm taking ancient fighting arts <laughs> from the oh, initiate. Oh, this is from the initiate, right? Correct. Yes. W would you read that for us? Yes. It says, when using an old-fashioned hand weapon, you inflict plus one harm and get plus one whenever you roll protect someone. Holy shit. That's a good move. Oh, oh that's great. my god. That is... Wow. Damn. Cool, Sam. So now, just so everyone knows... I now do five harm. <laughs> and oh my God. You now do five harm and you have smite. Like, so it's, oh it's like, God. so technically your weapon is like it's your weakness. One shot, like, one yeah. kill, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Nami is a fucking powerhouse. <laughs> She's a little scary sometimes. Hey, hey, I could do five harm. Yeah. But I have to roll twice to do it and I have to succeed yeah. both times. <laughs> yeah. I am power gaming a little bit, Sam. I'm not hey, gonna lie. You know, what's 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 the game for if not for power gaming? <laughs> we can cut this out, but at some point, I swear to God, I wanna get like Nami and Kelly like Dueling? Punch. No, no. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> you're letting your hand show a little bit, Sam. <laughs> no, I want like a, I want us to be fighting something and then just like a slash and a punch like back to it. Like we're like, you know, maybe mm. we're, we've surrounded a thing and it's like we're both like punching, kicking and yeah. cutting and slashing. And I, because like if both of us land hits. It's and, done. And it's done. It's done. It's done. It's over. It's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it feels good to kind of feel like the monster for once. It yeah. does. It really does. Hell yeah. Yeah. You've got the creature in you. I've got the creature in me. I've got the creature in me. Rabbit. <laughs> Rabbit. Bum 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 bum. What new advancement are you taking? So I was thinking for this one, I think, I think we're going to get a little weird. I'm going to take plus one weird. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm Sounds going, good. I'm actually going very, very simple on this one. I think that's. Yeah, I, I, I've gone back and forth because there is a shape changer move where you choose one of your appearances and gain a plus one to use magic while presenting that appearance. But that's yes. like mechanically identical to just taking plus one weird um, for me right now, except not as like uh, effective. So true. this way, if I ever use weird for something else for some reason, then 
it's there for that and also i can do it with everything but yeah this is like basically to symbolize rabbit getting weirder and more maybe in tune with aspects of his magic yeah love that and kelly what are you taking as your advancement i mean i i would i probably i want a crew great uh, we and, will have to figure out who those people are. I, I'll explain in episode. Ooh. Okay, sounds good. Would you read us the, the actual text of that move that you're taking? Yeah, you have a regular crew, a team of three or four people who will help you out with pretty much anything. They count as a team. Cool, sick. All right, so we are now going to get into beliefs. At the top of the session, I promised there would be a little change to beliefs. So before we actually hop into them, let me explain what that change will be. This change is going to only affect us going forward. So for this session, we are still going to be using our old beliefs XP thing, which basically uh, the, the old version was when you change a belief or answer it, basically, you get a point of experience and then you rewrite that belief as something new. What we are changing it into as a way to motivate these beliefs inside of arcs is that when you pursue a belief during the course of an arc, you get XP during the next downtime. So for instance, one of Nami's beliefs is that Jillian and Kelly aren't good for each other and she should break them up. If Nami had pursued that during the last arc, she would get a point of experience in this downtime. The most you can get from pursuing those is two XP, and that is if you do two separate scenes about trying to pursue those goals. This is just, I, I've been playing a lot of Blades in the Dark in my own downtime, my own downtime, my own, <laughs> in my other time that I have that's not recorded on a podcast. This is just directly lifting from those systems. So I, I definitely want to, you know, to, to say that up front. This is not me <laughs> pulling from my own brain here, I am looking to people who have been designing games for a long, long, long time and are very, very good at it and maybe should have listened to them more from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think this is a happy medium of r having beliefs that are interesting for y'all to actually pursue and present some sort of motivation for you to go after them during the events of like an actual arc even maybe taking time away from hunting the monster to go do this thing. So with that being said, let's go over your beliefs as they stand now, Nami. Okay. Nami's current beliefs are Jillian is not good to Kelly and I need to split them up. Rabbit is the person I need to help stop whatever's happening in Norfolk, and I need to prioritize their protection above all else. <laughs> I love the idea of that one staying with with also the current state of our relationship is very funny to me. The town has a seat of power inside that Nami needs to help cultivate, and something dark is brewing in the city, and Nami needs to be there to help fix it this time around. Okay, so first question, do you think any of those are changing? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I think the rabbit one needs to change slightly. This rabbit guy. <laughs> yeah, I I think that she still feels this pull towards Kelly and rabbit because that was like this whole like innate thing in her. Yeah, I think she's back to being confused about it, though. So maybe with rabbit, it's like this person's important, but I don't I need to find out why. Yeah. 
I like that a lot. This person's important. I need to figure out why. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a really great phrasing of that. Totally agree. Still thinks Jillian's not good for Kelly, so that stays. Um, which is and yeah, I, and now that's we live so together. Spicy. Yeah, because by the end of this episode, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of this episode, Jillian and Kelly are going to be living together. Mm. And then, can I say, Sam? I don't know if this needs to change, but maybe gets like a slight update. The the fact that the town has a seat of power inside it that I need to help cultivate. Sure. I feel like I learned from the other agents that that is true potentially. You did, yes. Yeah. Well, not necessarily that it's true, but that they think the same thing. Right. Like, you you now have additional validation that there are other people that suspect, especially other people tied to Dranya, who suspect that there is some sort of power here. Again, the reason that the agents of Dranya are here is to try and find a source of power capable of basically resurrecting Dranya or, or saving her life. So if I can change that to the town has a seat of power inside it that can help save Dranja and I need to help cultivate that. I like that a lot. I think that would be good. Yeah, it's like the same, but now you have a little bit like more dis- like defined reason for why. Yeah. So Nami, you are going to go ahead and take two points of experience because you rewrote those two beliefs, which uh, good good start. Yeah. <laughs> and. Let's go to Rabbit. Rabbit, would you read your beliefs as they stand now? Kelly is ready to make strides in his investigation, and I need to stay by his side to make sure he gets there. Oof. Nami is more like me than anyone else in town. Norfolk is my family too, and I need to protect it in the same way I protect the coven. And the city has more to offer than many believe, and we should give it some time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You think you've given it enough time, Rabbit? I think we give it a little bit of time, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're going to fucking throw that one in the trash can. That was a fun one because I, I literally brought it in and I was like, this will be fun to play if I can for a little bit, but I'm definitely not letting this stick for the character. There's no way. Sam won't let that stick for the character. Uh-huh. So I think I think both the Norfolk and City one have to change. Okay. I think we talked a little bit at some point. Oh, I don't know if it was on or off pod, but like about the Norfolk one. The other two, it's funny because I was like, when, when you said we were doing the new um, new beliefs, beliefs the, the new belief system, mm-hmm. I was like, that's interesting because I kind of want to get rid of all of them. And that's like kind of cool. That I don't feel like I'm just like doing a full like reset your hand, take four points. But mm-hmm. and, but then I was like looking, I don't know if I actually do need to change Kelly's Anamis. I, I could. I think it might be somewhere where I alter them, but don't change them. But sure. Sure. Like, because the, with the Kelly thing, I, I keep thinking about how like Kelly hasn't forgotten Rabbit. And my original intention was like to keep Rabbit away from Kelly to keep Kelly from forgetting Rabbit, right? Yeah, this this was my question was whether the whether the part that needs to change is I need to stay by his side. side. Yeah, I think it's like, ugh. is it maybe something like Kelly's ready to make strides in his investigation and I need to support him from afar? I think support him from afar possibly makes sense. I also think I might even I think I want I want to keep this one but reword it so I don't want to like reset. Okay. But I also feel like ready to make strides in his investigation doesn't really like rhyme with the way that I think Rabbit is viewing Kelly's like mission sure. <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. I don't even I'm not even sure why I was like I don't even is it, what what are you investigating? Is it is it investigation or is Jimmy it just Domo? vengeance at this point? Oh oh that that's right. I think it's like I mean Kelly is like. Kelly's like finding his own. Like Kelly is like because he's got he's got the crew or will have the crew. Mm-hmm. God, like 
as I'm like thinking about this more out loud, I I I don't know if Rabbit feels necessary. Like like he is like useful to Kelly specifically. Like I maybe like Kelly is Kelly is changing. I needed to stay by his side to and, and I need I need to find a way to stay with him or something. Like I like Kelly is like I need to find a new place in Kelly's life. Maybe that like Ooh, it's so hard with the memory stuff too. Yeah. The idea of trying to of trying to find a new place in Kelly's life is very interesting to me. And with the potential that like Kelly can forget entirely, like yeah. But again, I do. But like, you should be thinking about. I mean, partly this is like a meta discussion here because mm-hmm. you should be thinking about a belief Things that, that you will find interesting to pursue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, like, I think the thing I'm most interested in is like Kelly is like about to fucking like take off the, the, the cryptid my, my belief for kelly is the cryptid is about to fucking take off and i need mm-hmm. to help however i can like i need to find a way to help i think is the thing is it specifically helping the cryptid like are you trying to figure out a way to help the cryptid mm. I, I i mean i think it's helping kelly but i guess i'm i'm, I'm finding myself beginning to equate the two i think it's like it well yeah i'm not, I'm not finding the, the wording but it's like what what kelly is trying to do it feels like kelly is really getting like setting himself up for i feel like kelly is getting stronger every day right so it's like maybe that's maybe that's just it kelly is getting stronger every day and i need to i need to stay by his side i, I feel like i i think i might like that even though it's hard and i have reason to stay away i think feeling the belief that i need to stay by his side anyway feels actionable in a fun way can i pitch you something then? please yeah i wonder if the belief is just i need to stay by kelly's side no matter what oh that is basically good. even if even yeah. if Kelly forgets you, yeah. even if you know yeah. things go wrong or things go bad. Yeah. What if it's uh, I need to keep Kelly by my side no matter what? Mm. Even even better because yeah. Rabbit is going to the moon and and the family. Maybe. I mean, that's the. I mean, as yeah. far as like Rabbit's concerned, the family is still the most important thing to him. And mm-hmm. and he he made a bunch of decisions last arc like moving towards that yeah but the thing that he never let go of was okay i've done this but um my friends are my family and they're coming too like it kept, yeah. It yeah. Kept that is coming true for both kelly and nami and i think yep yep i think what i'm what i want to see is like i want to rework both of my like friend beliefs into ones that basically yeah make make room for rabbit because that's what i'm going to be working towards is trying to rabbit trying to make that happen mm-hmm so it sounds like the one for Kelly is I need to keep Kelly by my side no matter what. Yeah. And and we'll we'll call that the same belief but like updated. You know, I'm not going to take a point for that cuz the the city and Norfolk ones are going to be redone. <laughs> and then for Nami, I also kind of think Rabbit I don't see any reason that Rabbit doesn't believe that Nami is still more like him than anyone else in town. He hasn't mm-hmm. really seen other evidence of that. I guess maybe he's wondering if like the you know his quote-unquote blood family is more like him but he doesn't believe that yet and i think something i wrote because i was writing stuff down earlier i think that rabbit also believes that nami is a missing link between him and cold in terms of like finding understanding oh i think he believes that through nami's like nami's what rabbit is seeing is like nami's like interstellar background you know and like sort of relationship with magic that differs so much he is maybe even deceiving himself into believing that if he can get nami in to talk to cold the three of them can like get cold on the same page and she'll be like you know the 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 good loving person that and who who cares about the world that rabbit wants her to be kind of 
I love that. I What if the belief then is like, Nami is my ticket to understanding cold? I think it's to cold understanding me. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like I Nami think, is Nami is the ticket to cold understanding me. Yeah, like I I I I, I kind of want to keep the Nami is more. How about Nami is more like me than anyone else in town, and I need to make cold see that, and I need cold to see that. Oh, that's that's interesting. that's kind of what I mean. Is like I like that a lot. Yeah. So Nami is more like me than anyone else in town, and I need cold to see that. And I'm still figuring out exactly like what that means, but I think it's just like a, I mean, it's, it's also, in, yeah, I don't know this. like. But I think that's, I think that's part of the fun, right? That's a fun thing to pursue and find and, and play to find out what happens. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one will be pretty easy because I pretty much wrote them down before. Okay. Norfolk. So just before it was Norfolk is my family too. And I need to protect it in the same way I protect the coven. I have that now as Norfolk needs a hero, but it can't be me. Oh man, that's fun. Yeah, I just like, I think I mentioned in the last episode, just like Rabbit needs to put his family first. He's allowing to let that include Kelly and Nami, maybe more past that point. But until those people are safe, Norfolk, he will do only what he wow. can do for Norfolk, basically. That, that is really interesting. Okay, what about the city? The city is a dangerous place, is what I wrote down. Interesting. Is that like something, I want to make sure that these are actionable for sure. you. Is it maybe something like, the city is a dangerous place. I should spend as little time there as possible. Basically, yeah. The city is a dangerous place and I need to avoid it. I love it. And I, I, love I, it. And I need to stay away. That sounds scarier. The city is a dangerous mm-hmm. place and I need to stay away. And I think part of that too is probably Rabbit has been talking to Dr. Roger a bit more, who I think also we saw in the Kingdoms episode is yes. kind of also leaning in that direction. Okay. That, those all are fantastic. Cool. So take two points of experience for the Norfolk and the city ones. All right, I'm one point away from leveling up. <laughs> That's completely ridiculous, but I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> William, would you read us Kelly's beliefs as they stand right now? Yeah, Nami is so detached from the world that she cannot possibly operate within it, so I need to teach her how to hack the system. Rabbit is too self-conscious to reach his full potential, so I must eliminate what's holding him back. Norfolk, this town could never save itself, so I must. And the city, the city has a hunger that will not be satiated with just Norfolk. Great. And do you think any of those need to change? I think the Nami one might change just because like okay. I saw her go through court and yeah. like and like lie. And I well. <laughs> she kind of, well that's true. She she told a version of the truth or whatever. She well. she was very explicit with Almos that yes. uh, or Al, I guess Almos was very explicit with her that, that they were lie. not lying. That this was something that could <laughs> be true. Yeah, there was like that, and I remember the conversation after the courtroom too, where it was like, "Hey, you mm-hmm. actually that was pretty good. Like you did the thing that you usually need to do." Yeah, and then like also. The stuff with the cops, like doing the um, the myriad program thing or whatever, even though it's like forced mm-hmm. or whatever, I, I think I've seen that like helping just like because she has like a rapport with the police now. And yeah. like and and it's almost like I'm seeing that she like with her well-mannered nature and sort of her naive politeness or whatever, she almost like is having an easier time living around here than Kelly is. Mm. (laughs) This is ultimately Mm. something I've been trying to get at during the last arc, which is like when you play ball with the police, they make your life easier Mm -hmm. because then you are easier to control. 
Yeah. So Nami's like able to communicate with the police and, and you know, talk her way past stuff because she is also doing them. She's also working for them and has yeah. developed a rapport and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with that, I think I think that one might change to something like like I was wrong. Mm. Nami shouldn't have assimilated the world should have accepted her like Mm. and I and then like the thing that I can pursue is like I need to show the world how important she is as she is and can I pitch you can I pitch you a slight shift on that yeah please what if it's something like Nami has assimilated too well I need to prevent the world from changing her Mm. okay yeah that's great does that does that sound fun yeah Okay, what about the rabbit Norfolk and city beliefs? I I truly think the rabbit one stays. I was thinking the yeah, same thing. Yeah, it makes sense. I like I it, I like it being, so much. Yeah. And especially because it puts you in direct opposition to rabbit's goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rabbit one stays and then Norfolk stays and the city stays. Okay, great. I would like so, to add a tagline to the city though. Just something more like pursuitable. Yeah, okay. What if it's like, what if it's like, I need to give it something else to feed on? So I need to starve it. Oh, okay. So the city has a hunger that will not be satiated with just Norfolk and I need to starve it. Yes. Why don't we take uh, Norfolk to the moon? Then the city will will die. Yeah, take the whole Norfolk <laughs> to the moon. Wait, 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 wait cold, 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 I figured it out. <laughs> so Kelly, go ahead and take one point of experience here. Nice. From your new NAMI belief. Hi, everybody. It's Sam here. Thanks so much for listening to Pest Control. We really appreciate all of your support. If you wanted to go the extra mile and help the show grow, why not tell a friend or leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? We would love to get this show to more people. And since we don't pay for advertising, that's basically the only way to do it. If you would like to hear more from us, we're on Twitter, Blue Sky, and co-host at Pest Control Pod, and on Discord at the invite link in the episode description. These upcoming episodes have some absolutely fantastic stuff in them, and if I might say, begin to hint at the overall story for this season. So... If you would like to talk about that with fellow fans, the Discord is a great place to do it. The next episode of Pest Control comes out October 15th. We'll see you then. Our promo this week is for Streampunks, which is the streaming group that our guest Sam DeLev, who did our Kingdom game with us, is a part of. It's a fantastic group and they've run all kinds of different shows. Go check them out. Hey, Pest Control, this is Noir, and I'm part of Streampunks with Sam DeLev. So if you're enjoying this game with them, and I know you are, please join us with our dinosaurs. That's right, we've got dinosaurs and the humans who love them on Alt Haven's Twitch channel for Legacy of Silver Creek every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. And of course, if you want to keep up with all things Streampunks, visit our website at streampunksrpg.com. All right, now get back to it. On a TV monitor, a flashy news animation plays. 
Live from the greater metro area, Local 5 at 6 p.m. starts now. We see two people sitting side by side, a petite blonde white woman with glasses wearing a white blouse and a gray blazer, and a tall, light-skinned black man with smart stubble, who's wearing a trim black blazer over a shirt and tie. The white woman speaks first, sliding seamlessly into the fading jingle. Good afternoon. Continuing coverage this evening of a tragic confrontation in the upscale neighborhood known as Brownstone Avenue, where a group of local residents, potentially under the influence of magic, broke into the townhouse of former NASA astronaut Rosa Kalyani, leading to several deaths. Good to have you here with us at 6 p.m. I'm Kerry Kristen. And I'm David Oakes. Investigators say the confrontation began around 4 p.m. local time on Saturday, as a mob began to arrive on Howell Street making their way to the stoop of Miss Kalyani's door and demanding entry. When their demands were not met, they quickly turned violent, shattering windows and breaking down doors before they were confronted by officers. Now, witnesses to the violence point to the presence of local vigilante the cryptid, who police suspect may have been involved with leading the protest over an unknown grievance. Local 5 correspondent Irene Riesnoel is live on Howell Street this evening with more. Irene? The camera cuts away to live footage of a woman standing on a familiar street. Cold's apartment is in the background out of focus. The front porch is covered in police tape and a piece of wood has been nailed over the broken window. The woman holds for a beat, waiting for the go-ahead over her earpiece, then gestures broadly to the scene behind her. Thanks, David. The events of this past Saturday have shattered the peace in this otherwise quiet neighborhood. Residents told me that after hearing shouting, many looked out their windows to discover what they described as an angry mob forming on Miss Kalyani's doorstep. The video cuts to a white woman with graying hair holding a small dog. Her husband, a white man with a short fade and a chiseled jaw, stands silently beside her, hugging her to his chest. I started to hear yelling, banging, and I looked out my window, and yeah, sure enough, there were all these, there were a bunch of people in her doorway, and they were yelling, trying to get in. They started breaking windows, throwing things, and forcing their way in. That's when I called the police. The camera cuts back to Irene, looking somber. As officers began to arrive, they encountered pushback, not only from the rampaging mob, but from what appears to have been a stolen police cruiser, driven by none other than local vigilante the cryptid. Officers say the cryptid and another masked man jumped from the car and began rallying the mob, pushing to the front and into the house before returning to help others break in. At one point, according to sources, the cryptid even released smoke bombs into the area, causing officers to retreat and sending several to the emergency room for respiratory irritation. After the smoke cleared and officers were able to move in, they discovered several protesters had been killed and that one of their own was missing. The camera cuts to the video of the police chief white-knuckling the edge of a podium. Never have I said with more certainty that a criminal must be brought to justice. This person is sick. We are asking anyone with information on the cryptid, his identity, or the whereabouts of Officer Walter Polona to contact your local police station immediately. We are offering a $20,000 reward for information that leads directly to their arrest. An image of the cryptid appears on the screen a grainy black and white security shot of a masked figure waving at the camera. After a moment, Irene appears again. The protesters are now in custody, but sources tell us that they claim to have almost no memory of the event, and many are pointing to the rising incidents of magical crime as a possible culprit, with some even pointing the finger at Rosa Kalyani herself. 
Police say they are still in the early stages of this ongoing investigation, so as new information becomes available, we will keep you updated. Reporting live, I'm Irene Friesnoel, Local News 5. The camera returns to the studio where Carrie is giving a small frown. Thanks, Irene. Definitely more questions to be answered there, and we here at Local News 5 are hoping for the safe and immediate return of the missing officer. In other news tonight, shocking footage from our own city's metro, where it appears a local dentist was pushed onto the subway platform tracks by a homeless vagrant in the aftermath of what appears to have been an explosion. Is the city government doing enough to curb the homelessness problem? And speaking of city government, campaigns for the unexpected race for city mayor have begun in earnest. (laughs) While names like Bergs Bergson should surprise no one if they have been keeping an eye on local politics, there is at least (laughs) one name raising eyebrows. After the break, Local 5 political correspondent Nort Port joins us to discuss the candidates. Stick with us for now. I'm David Oakes, Local News 5. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Kelly, we see the inside of a PRO meeting. Marlowe is stacking up folding chairs and moving trays of uneaten food off to the side. The last few stragglers, those that chose to attend the meeting in the first place, are ushered out the door by Alexi Abramson. They lock the doors and turn to Marlowe, shaking their head, and say, well, there, there's always next time. Marlo sits down in one of the folding chairs with a sigh and kind of puts her head between her hands. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure this is catching on. I'm not sure it's worth it. Maybe this was a mistake. Maybe you need help. They both turn to look. Where is the cryptid? I picture this like as sort of a, like an office space sure but only like it's off in the corner and like only the lights right above there yes are, definitely are on there are deep shadows in the corners here and the cryptid eyes are seen off in the darkness for a moment before the cryptid steps into the light Marlo falls out of her chair, scrambling backwards, you know, the metal, the metal legs scraping across the floor here. And Alexi rolls forward a little bit, digging around in a bag and pulling out a thing of mace. The mask is mace proof, so that's not really going to help you here. But I'm not here to hurt you. What do you want, then? There are things that I can do that you cannot. There are things that you can do that I cannot. You are caught up in red tape, bureaucracy, power, walls that you cannot break down because they are built to cave in on you. I am a sledgehammer, but the community does not trust me. They trust you. I need you, maybe more than you even need me. There is a moment of silence as the three of you stare each other down. And then there is an enormous crash as the Mothman crashes through the window and falls in from the second story, landing on his front and losing all of his breath. He slowly pushes himself back up off the ground and says, Sorry, I'm late. 
<sighs> one one second, and I and I go over to the Mothman. I I specifically told you to just take the elevator. The elevator was busy. I was trying to get here quickly. I was already running behind. I'm I'm almost positive that I was the one in the elevator. I think that's why it was busy. Did you already give them the pitch? I I got to the point... I said the sledgehammer thing that you and I discussed. They are like a sledgehammer. I said that part. I'm sorry. I turned back to them. Hold on. Wait. One second, Mothman. I turned turned back to them. Listen, we can... Let's... Let's... Let's break down the charade here. Um, Obviously, this is like a scripted thing that the Mothman and I talked about where we're working on the optics here but um this is the mothman this is basically my uh, my sidekick and the two of us together have been getting a lot more done in the realm of what i have been able to do but there are shortcomings that the both of us together still cannot overcome and so i am i am here not only to offer my services but really to beg for your help. Marlo crosses her arms. There's a lot of wanted posters for you. I killed Red Ringers. I don't think I can trust someone in a mask. I'm not asking you to trust me. The minute you think I'm not helping you anymore, double cross me. I don't care. But I need you for now and you need me. Alexi turns to Marlo and there's like a silent word that passes between them. And then Alexi turns their wheels back towards you. What do you need first? I need, I need eyes and ears. I need feet and wheels. I need members of the community to know that I am not your killer. I'm their killer. Marlo nods at you. And she's already grabbing some spray paint from a little bag off to her side and beginning to shake it as she says, I think I've got some ideas on that front. Rabbit, you are pulling up out front of a large, opulent government building. There are crowds of reporters with cameras uh, standing on the sidelines and what appears to have been a red carpet rolled out. You can see the flash of photos being taken from outside the car window and Cold turns to you and says, are you ready? I think so. Rabbit, what are you wearing and who do you look like? I think you mean who are you wearing and what do you look like? (laughs) Would would she have had any preference over like appearing human versus not? Rosa has not given you guidance. Okay, uh, what do I know about where we're going? Is any? I mean, I, before I knew it was it was a. She said gala. This is a gala. And I was yes. to, like shadow her basically, right? Yes, she specifically told you that you are here in order to train your diplomatic sensibilities. Okay, yeah, and in, in typical cold fashion, I imagine it was cryptic, largely. Yes. So I I think. You know what? Let's have some fun. Sage has a new job. <laughs> Sage has a new job okay. and she like has like their hair like tied up into a high ponytail and is wearing like it is a three-piece suit that was like 
thrifted. Okay. We'll, we'll say it is like a gray tweed like blazer with matching pants and then just a white shirt. There's a little bit unbuttoned like two down below the collar, just like picture like a, a prince riding on a horse kind of mm-hmm. shirt, like billowy okay. kind of shirt. Yeah, yeah. And the cuffs are also kind of like like ruffled cuffs. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, wearing gray tweed blazer and matching pants and then uh, sunglasses as well. And you said this outfit was thrifted? Yeah, it, it appears thrifted at least. Like this is not look like it was fresh off the shelf, but this got is it. like, it, it looks like it has been worn a bit, but it looks nice, you know. Then when you got in the car, Cold gave you a little bit of a look. Mm-hmm. She kind of glanced at you up and down and like gave you a little small frown. <laughs> and Rabbit was just like, what? I like being Sage. The door is opened and the two of you are carried along the red carpet, having pictures snapped of you as you are ushered up the steps and into the building. Inside is a large open area with whites and golds, marble flooring, tables set up with fine velvet tablecloths, polished silverware and gleaming white plates. There is a stage on the opposite end from you and a coat check right as you come in the door. Cold takes off her elegant coat that she's always wearing and hands it over. She is wearing a really, I mean, she's wearing a fucking nice ass dress. Mm -hmm. It is a long black dress that goes all the way down to her ankles, but is very figure fitting. And it has a kind of slanted V over her chest. I think that Cold is, very cognizant of her appearance. Mm-hmm. So she always has a little bit of like makeup or an eyeshadow and, and things like that on just in everyday life. But she has really stepped it up for this event. Cool. I almost imagine it being like little gold eyeshadow behind her eyes. And she is like killing it. Like I think she cool. stops for a couple of photos and strikes a pose in like a perfectly practiced way. Yeah. Something to remember as much as the job of an astronaut is to be someone who knows how to operate the machinery to go to space, part of it is also a marketing push. Uh, When you are an astronaut, you get a million pictures of yourself taken. So you have to learn how to present in a certain way. And I think Cold is putting all of those skills to use here. Yeah, and, and and I don't know that Rabbit has, at least not in a long time, if ever, like, really seen this firsthand, like, this this level. Yeah. I, I think Sage, Brennan, Skip just kind of, like, takes off the sunglasses and just, like, wow. Um, and puts them in the little pocket and just kind of, like, smooths the hair a little bit. The overall, like, vibe appearance of Sage, Brennan, Skip right now is, like, somebody who typically dresses a lot more, like, punk mm-hmm. trying to dress up. And you can tell an, an attempt has been made, for sure. Yeah, And I think they're going to basically walk and stand as appropriately near rows uh, as possible. And I just kind of observe and see if I recognize any other like notable figures in the room, first and foremost. You recognize someone right away, Rabbit, because working the coat check as cold hands over her long, elegant coat is Raina Germain, who was the person that Sage worked with way back in the first episode in the bunker. Okay. And Raina's eyes pass over you with absolutely no recognition. Yeah, I feel like at this point, this has been a few days since the end of the last arc, but I think that situations like this have happened a handful of times, so Rabbit mm-hmm. kind of has a feeling about what's going on. And so Sage, Sage Brennan Skip is going to walk up and and, and uh, just kind of like respectfully flag over Raina's attention. Hey, um, is Do you it- have a coat? Can I get something from you? I'm just wondering if it's obligatory. I actually like wearing this, but I wanted to ask yeah, you... 
uh, you may be the first best person to ask. If if I wear this, is it going to be like? Oh weird? no, you can keep it on. Okay, I'm more comfortable that way. You you look familiar. Do I? Do I? Sorry, know if you don't have a coat, I, I I'm super busy. Can oh, we talk okay, later? Of Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, don't worry about it. Have a great night. You and Cold move to your table and sit down for a little while as some canapes and things are served. I think the rest of the night begins to, you know, kind of speed along. There's some small speeches that are given. Clearly, they are leading up to the gift of some kind of award. Like there's some there's some award that is going to be bestowed at the end of the night. Okay. But before that, there are just these little sporadic speeches. I think Nortport is here, actually. I think Nortport mm. goes up and mm-hmm. gives a small speech about like how the transportation between the city and Norfolk has improved. I think there is a member of the police that goes up at one point, like some sort of communications rep who essentially talks about how crime is lower and how they're dealing with the new challenges of magic Mm -hmm. being on the streets and blah, 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 blah. Are we in the city? I forgot to clarify that. You are in the city. Okay, we're in. Yes. But between those speeches, you are able to get up and go walk around. And at one point, Rosa, who you are looking at spots someone over your shoulder and says all right well the person we are here to meet has just arrived oh great shall i take their coat (laughs) i will give you a bit of information the person we are here to meet is named benoit caldera they are the ceo of relegated production industries And they are a former colleague of mine. We had some bad blood sometime in the past that I would see repaired if I could. I would ask that you attempt to facilitate that this evening. Gosh, um, okay. Uh, Is he expecting to see you here or, or will this be a surprise? I suspect that he knows I will be here, though we have avoided each other for years. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me just a moment, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go have a word with him. And she takes a glass of champagne from a waiter that is like wandering around, and you see her. She doesn't down the whole thing because that would be a little gauche, but mm-hmm. she takes a long drink of it. And you see her. I think maybe you see her fingers tapping her side, where maybe she usually keeps a little pack of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Maybe more antsy than you've ever seen cold. Mm-hmm. I want to pause here in this moment to ask you, what has your relationship with cold been like since the end of the last arc? I think it has been, this has just been like a few days, right? Yeah. So I, I think that it has been like forcibly normal, if that makes sense. Like, I think, sure. I think given the way they were sort of interacting in the last arc and stuff, I think that their disagreement, their conflict is sort Mm -hmm. of put aside. And I mean, most of their life has been kind of a charade of normalcy, right? Like they interact like this a lot, but I think that the main difference from like a month ago versus now is that rabbit is more continually comfortable, just kind of speaking like himself more. Sure. And though he still looks to her for guidance, especially in a situation like this and is genuinely trying to do his best to help. He is less like deferent to her. I think that makes total sense. And I think we have seen cold, like, 
bringing you into the conversation more. Mm -hmm. There is an ongoing search for corn moon for a new corn moon that has absolutely played into like recent conversations that you've had. There've been meetings of the whole coven that you might previously not have been invited to that you are now front and center of. Mm -hmm. I literally think a couple of times during these meetings, Rosa has specifically looked to you and asked your opinion. Cool. Also, you keep catching glances from her that are, I mean, they're cold. Mm -hmm. You sometimes catch her out of the corner of your eye analyzing you, Rabbit, in a way, in a, in a, a more clinical way than she was even doing before. Mm-hmm. But now she is trying to hide that she is doing that. Sure. I th- I think if Rabbit notices that and notices that she's trying to hide, I think he just takes note and doesn't try to give away that he catches it for now, at least, you know? Yeah. Because he wants to see where she's going with this. I think that makes sense. So, Rabbit, you see the person she has pointed out to you across this gala here. This person is an older, tan, white man. He looks like Ed Harris from like 15 years ago. Like he's not, he's not quite as old as Ed Harris is now. Okay. But he has kind of that like kind of severe look a little bit. Sure. You feel like he is deeply understanding every conversation that he's a part Mm -hmm. of. The eyes of a hawk. The eyes of a hawk. Yeah, a little bit. The eyes of like, how can I get one up on every situation that I'm a part of? He is dressed in a tuxedo that fits him immaculately. And he is speaking to a group of other people as Rosa ushers you his way. Um, does he have a drink in his hand? No. And do we have assigned seating at these tables? Yes. Okay. Gosh, I mean, the little trickster in me, because I, I, I did start with the trickster, I kind of just want to switch the names on the tables and just make them sit next to her or sit at that table. I think I'm going to try to get away with that. Okay. That's my first move. I'm just going to try to get him at our table. I want to say this is a manipulate someone. Okay. I think I'll take that. I was wondering if it would be act under pressure. I almost imagine it's not even a manipulate someone of him. It's like Mm -hmm. you pulling aside uh, one of these servers who's going by Mm -hmm. and being like, hey, I think that I think these placements are wrong. Oh, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. so so Sage Brandon Skip will go over and yeah, tap the uh, try try to eyeball the the, whoever looks the greenest, whoever looks the most like, um, oh, God, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do my job as best I can and be like, hey, I think um, these guys, but don't don't worry. I just want to, you know, get this all set up and I'm going to roll for that. It's going to be with a plus one. Five and a four is nine plus one is ten. So that is a ten. They do it for the reason you tell them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We'll get that fixed right away. And sure enough, those tables are switched. And when this person, when Benoit goes to sit down at the table that he thinks he is assigned to, he is gently guided over to the table with you and Rosa. And clearly, as soon as he sits down, there is tension between the two of them. And I would and I and I would like to um, be ready to sit down pretty much right after him with like Rosa had a drink as well, right? She has a drink already. Yes. Has a drink. Okay, cool. So I think just it's going to be a couple glasses of red wine, one for him and one for me. Okay. And I want to I want to sit down like kind of between them. Like if they're I imagine they're like almost opposite. Yes. Ends of like a round table. And, and these I'm, tables are these tables are pretty large. Cool. So maybe not like totally opposite, but it's like, you know, four and like we're looking at a clock. It's like two and six or whatever. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I'll be like kind of between them roughly. 
Benoit kind of raises his his glass of red wine that you brought him first to you and then to Rosa. And yeah, and, and I think um, Sage Brandon is gonna gonna drink it and then like sort of like do like a surprise gulp and faint surprise and look at him and say, "Wait, Ben, Mister Caldera, I I I didn't recognize you. You you're you're with RPI, aren't you?" I'm sorry, I don't think we've met. No, 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 we haven't. I just I. I've become a large fan of a lot of the uh, industrial mobilization around here, and I, uh, I, I saw we had a you know an empty hand at the table. and wanted to bring you a drink, but I, I, I and, and Rabbit's going to uh, conjure a blush. Um, I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be someone I looked up to so much. I, what are you, are you speaking tonight? He puts on. He, he originally was kind of giving you a thin-lipped smile, and now it kind of grows, and he says, "Yes, I'm, I'm introducing the guest." Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is an that is an honor. I'm, I'm I'm so thrilled to be here. I, to be honest, I, and she like kind of leans in conspiratorially, like so that like presumably only he can hear. And I was like, this is um, yeah, it's my first night of the new job, and I'm a little overwhelmed, but I'm I can feel my heart rate lowering a little bit, just feeling a little more more more, more comfortable. I'm I'm glad to uh to uh, to have run into you tonight. Yes, well, um, pleasure to meet you as well. Did I I didn't yeah. catch your name? I, oh, uh, Sage Brennan. Sage, sage Brennan. Brennan, like Sage hyphen Brennan. Yeah, parents couldn't choose, but Sage Brennan. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, always good to meet a fan. Of course. Well, um, I'm going to check with my boss really quick, but it looks like we're seated at the same table. So that's nice. And then uh, is just going to like lean over to cold and whisper absolutely nothing. And then just like laugh a little bit. His eyebrows go up just a tiny bit when you lean over to cold. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, sage, sage, actually, Sage is going is to whisper, laugh with me. Laugh with me if you can. And I'm just going <laughs> to just chuckle. Cold, cold laughs. Just a little. <laughs> Sage is going to raise her glass and say, I want to just propose a toast at the table to industry. Yeah. Benoit slowly raises his glass into the air and says to industry, the future and the past. Oh, the future and the past to, to all we've done and all we've been. Right. Do you two know each other? Because I'm I'm getting like like warm electricity in the air, not like tingles. I... Cold just doesn't say anything. And after an awkward beat, Benoit says, well, yes, uh, Miss Kalyani and I used to work together at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Oh, oh, <laughs> Miss Kalyani, I didn't, I didn't know you used to work with, with jets. I, I, I guess I did. I guess I did. That's well, that's cool. Okay, wow. So you you two must go way back then. I that's so funny that you ran into each other tonight. I I don't think are you are you speaking tonight, Miss Kalyani? I don't I don't recall. She turns to you and says, "No, I'm simply here in support." Right, right, support, and I'm here supporting support. Well, well, this is gr- wow. I so I how, what an honor, what a lucky honor for me. I get to be sitting at the table with such notable people who are clearly such good long friends. <laughs> Just like looks back and forth. The silence is becoming frosty here. Rosa is pretty much refusing to speak to yeah, him. Yeah, and I think Sage is realizing that. I was like, Benoit, man, come on, what's going on here? I, I did something. Should we move? Yes. Well, uh, Miss Kalyani and I have. Um, we haven't caught up in years. Well, this is a good good time to do that, right? I mean, Rosa crosses her arms. Oh, um, ma'am, I, I, it, I, I, I think that uh, your old friend here might be... Sage. Yes? Would you be a dear and go grab me another drink? 
Sure, sure, absolutely, yes. As you stand up for the table, she kind of grabs your arm, like leans behind herself mm-hmm. and grabs your arm and whispers to you, this is your job, not mine. I don't know what, to, that's, that's, I'll be right back. <laughs> um, and she's gonna go get a drink. I'm gonna get uh, whatever Rosa was drinking. We'll say it's a, it's a rosé. Champagne. Champagne. A champagne. A rosé champagne. A rosé champagne. A rochambeau. <laughs> God, um... I think there's like I think there's like one one more role here. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think about what because I, I I've been watching a lot of Steven Universe as always. I just finished the main series. And I think I think I'm really going to like they just need to talk to each other in my head. But like, then is this a manipulate someone of cold to get her to talk to him? Oh shit! Do it! That do would it! Do it! Rule. <laughs> yeah, let me. I like that a lot. Let me. Let me think she's about. She's like she's like this is your job, and then and you're just like. Yeah, but you're the you're the only one okay. who can do this. Okay, this is great. This is great. I'm gonna bring the drink back and set it on the table and say. And I assume it's just been like quiet, like obviously like yes. silence as I got up. Cold's on her phone. Miss Kalyani, Mr. Caldera. Anyone who knows me knows I hate doing this, but I have to do my job really quick. You two have got bad blood between you. I don't really know what it is, but I can see it. I can feel. I have a feeling tables three, four, five, and eleven can feel it. I don't like it. And this is a party, so we gotta bring the vibes up, okay? Um, you two need to talk about this. I don't know what went on between you, and and I will listen as lightly as you wish me to, if it's top secret or anything. But it can't have been so bad. I mean, look, Rosa, you're still successful. Benoit, you're so successful. You're both doing so well. You must still have a lot in common. What made you friends in the first place? Just and like looks at Cole directly. Just please, just try to work it out with words. Give me a manipulate someone, rabbit. Four plus four is eight. Plus one is nine. That's that is my favorite with this because <laughs> what what do you have to do for them, Rabbit? I think you need to reveal your magical nature here. Like re- like reveal to Benoit Caldera. Yes. <sighs> okay. Interesting. Is is there a way that like Rosa communicates that to me? I'm trying to think so I can like think about what how no. I do that. You know, okay. explicitly no, because she doesn't want to do yeah. this. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to spill the drink that I had originally bought. Brought Benoit. Here's okay. what I'm going to do. It's going to look like an accident, but I, so this guy, the eyes of a hawk. I'm going to do this like a staged accident. Mm, so this okay. is going to be like I'm going to like wave my hand which i don't have to do but like wave my hand towards the glass and it's gonna tip and be like oh oh oops i'm i'm so sorry let me get you a new one i'll i'll give you two moments to think about what i just said and i'm going to go get him a new drink and it is very like obvious like there was no reason that should have fallen would this would that do it it's got to be more explicit more explicit okay what if you accidentally elbow the drink and it's gonna fall on his lap and you stop it with your magic oh i like that yeah like like as this is all all like i say all that and just like (sighs) yeah and then just like 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 elbow it knock it as i'm trying to like reset recover and then yes exactly just like stops there as i do hold a hand out to it i'm like um and benoit leans forward and now is is like looking at the drink and then looks directly up to cold and says Oh, I didn't realize that you had continued our work. I'm going to float the cup to set it on the table and lean in a little bit. My problems were never with the work. And 
after that, conversation opens up. The two of them begin talking with each other, seemingly reconnecting after years. They are only interrupted by the dimming of the lights and the onset of this awards presentation where Benoit has to stand up and move to the front behind the stage curtains. As as the music swells, he walks out onto the stage and begins speaking at the podium and says, I have the honor this evening of introducing not only a titan of industry and someone who has helped both Norfolk and our great city, but a personal friend. Please welcome to the stage, Carmichael. I'm gonna sink back in my chair a little bit. Sage Brennan Skip is. <laughs> Nami. Yes. You have been called out on a Myriad Task Force job. However, whereas normally you would be requested to some street location in the city, they have instructed you instead to come directly to the police station. Okay. Yeah, I'll head there. You show up out front. Officer Summer comes out to meet you and with a little smirk guides you inside and begins directing you down the hallways towards where you know the prison cells to be. Oh, my God. What do you do? Is Officer Summer? Yes. Oh, so do you know what's going on, Summer? Yeah, I got a pretty good idea. But do you want to give me a little heads up? Yeah, we got something we need your help with. And he smirks at you again. Okay, yeah, I know that. Well, like, what is it? You'll see. Okay, all right. You keep following him? Uh-huh. <laughs> he leads you into the block of prison cells where you see at the end of the hall new construction. Three new cells have been built onto the end out of this pale white stone. An officer summer leads you down the hallway and up to these three cells and then turns and says, Nami, we were hoping that you could help us out with, well, let's be honest, a problem that you created. Uh-huh. We need to be able to combat crime for people that can do magic. Which means we need these three cells to be immune. Uh-huh. Could you do that for us? You want me to use magic to make them not be able to be have magic used on them? Correct. That seems a little complicated, and I have never done that before. I'll be honest. Well, I'm sure you can figure it out, especially when there's a day of your parole duty on the line. Nami's going to let out like a big sigh and be like... Yeah, no, okay, yeah, I can try to figure that out, I guess. Yeah. Mommy. <laughs> this is the longest genuine consequence we've had for a character, I think, ever. Like, Nami is sincerely paying for <laughs> for, for it, talking it to the her police backstory, in the first her, like, secondary yeah. background. Yep. <laughs> Summer crosses his arms, and you notice at the end of the hallway, coming down, are a couple of other officers who have come to watch this all happen. Oh! Including... Someone we haven't seen on screen in a little while, Detective Ripley Adams. Hmm, that's right. Who comes down the hallway and leans up against one of the other cells. 
And Summer says, well, Nami, take it away. Right. Hi, everybody. Um, It's good to see you. Let me just think for a second. I want to make sure I get it right. Because it's important. It is important. It's so important. Um, Okay. <laughs> Sam. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that one of the things I can do is trap a specific person, minion or monster. Yep. If I use that and it works, like if I if I roll a 10 plus, right? Would my yep. effect be like an everlasting thing or do I have to do big magic here? I guess is my question. No, I think because this is uh, such contained areas, I think this is just a use magic roll. Okay, so Nami is going to stand in front of the bars and then reach into space and pull out her sword. There's murmurs and little gasps that kind of go through mm -hmm. some of the other officers who are not used to seeing you do this. She's just ignoring that. And she's just gonna go ahead and draw a line in front of the cells and up and above, just like a box around them essentially with her sword. And she's gonna use magic. Okay, let's see what happens. Oh, good. I'm so happy that you rolled a 10. Sure, I am also I was happy. Say, do you really want to succeed on this? Yes. Definitely not stressed. So Nami, describe to us the specific rules for these magical cells. Oh, um, okay. Um, I think it would be- Leave a loophole. It, it bars the place from being escaped like magic cannot, it's like an anti-magic cell. Mm -hmm. That's what I am trying to do. Okay. So if there's someone in there, they are unable to use magic in them. Period. That's it. Great. Yep. So within like the walls of the cell, right. magic can't be used. Yep. You finish doing this and Summer turns and says, is that it? Yep. Excellent. Valentina. Could you come give this a test for us? And striding down the hall is Valentina. Oh, God. Did Valentina become a cop? Oh, God. She walks down the length of the hallway <laughs> and the officers open up the bars for her to step inside. And she casts one glowering sidelong glance at you, Nami, before they shut the door. And you see her and feel her trying to like do magic inside of there and nothing happens. And after a moment, they open the door again and she walks out. I think she like stops in front of you and says, good work Nami for once. And then she turns and continues down the hallway. Um, right, so that's a, a day off my parole? Yeah, let me see your time card. Here, here you go. Thanks. Summer takes it and writes something down, then hands it back to you and says, you know, Nami, I don't think we're going to be calling on you as much. Uh, I think it might take a little longer for you to finish serving your sentence now that we've got two of you. Um, right. Okay. You know, you could always do things to be our chosen task force a company. 
but uh, you know, until such a time as we decide which of you is better at the things we need you to do, um, don't expect a call. Oh, oh okay. To- totally understand. And I'm gonna salute and head out. <laughs> Kelly. We open on a dark alley somewhere in the city. Someone is strolling past. They are a taller, broad man wearing a a suit. And they are checking something on their phone and kind of looking around, clearly sort of lost. They turn down into this alley. And almost immediately behind them, we see a dark silhouetted figure. As the figure comes forward and into the light, we recognize them as not the cryptid. (laughs) Or I guess I should say, we don't recognize them. They are just simply someone off of the street. But as this, this person wearing the suit gets to the end of the alley, the silhouetted person gives a shout and he turns to look and they brandish a knife and say, Okay, drop your shit. We can all go home. The person in the suit slowly like raises their hands and then begins to like lower to the ground their phone. The person with the knife walks forward, extending their arm in an effort to like reach out and snatch it away. And as they do, the person in the suit grabs them and begins pulling them forward and grabs the hand with the knife in it and just squeezes until that knife clatters to the ground of the alley. They push the person back and they stumble backwards and and fall to their butt, landing in a puddle. And then the person in the suit reaches down and picks their phone back up off the ground and says, you should be careful of who you're robbing. You got no idea the kind of pull I got in this city. And the person who's been pushed to the ground, the would-be assailant, starts to kind of like move backwards as this person in the suit reaches down and picks up the knife. And the person moving backwards is backing up into a wall but hits something just before it. And they turn and look up. What do they see? Two red lights flick on, beaming, brightening up the entire alleyway. The guy in the suit brandishes the knife out in front of him and says, no, fucking no, I heard about you. I heard about you. I'm I'm not getting mixed up in this. He tried to rob me. The cryptid like bends down and picks up the would-be assailant Mm -hmm. and like kind of shoves them to the side. It's not being kind and careful with them, Mm -hmm. but it just like sort of shoves them to the side and goes, Richard Wallace. Look, I didn't, I, I got nothing to do. Whatever you're here for, I didn't do it, okay? Just, just get out of here. The cryptid starts like taking a couple of steps forward. I'm serious. I know how to use this. And they, they brandish this knife at you. I'm just going to keep moving forward. All right, Kelly, roll kick some ass. That's a five and a six. <laughs> uh, hey, Kelly, are you aiming for a weak point? I'm going to break his hand. 
the one the one that's holding the knife. I'm gonna break his hand. Okay. Well. So what is is so that is your extra effect then? I'll suffer less harm. You'll suffer less harm. Okay, great. Then he doesn't even manage to get you with this knife. You just lightning fast rocket forward and and I mean, how do you break his hand? What do you do here? I mean, I. I have my regular brass knuckles on right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just like, the way I see it is like he lunges forward with the knife and yep. like I just like dip out of the way and then take both of my fists and I like sandwich his hand between both of my knuckles. And we hear the sound of the bones in his hand just breaking. And he yells and drops the knife to the ground and then goes in for a punch on you. Roll me, act under pressure. Okay. So six and three is a nine plus one is 10. He stumbles forward in front of you now off balance and you have the moment for a finishing blow here, Kelly. What do you do? Um, I actually like Im- immediately like not fucking around anymore. I lunge forward and I put my hand like around his neck and I shove him up against a wall, <laughs> like pressing hard enough where like he can't talk. His lips are moving, trying to get words out, but nothing escapes his throat except a choked growl. I give a, a look back at the the original assailant just to see if they're still there. They they are looking at you wide-eyed. And I, I as I'm looking back at them, like still holding this person up against the wall, I just say, I'm like, stay here. And then I turn and look back, but like the eyes still on like beaming forward and I go, Richard Wallace, your company has been polluting, has been mistreating its employees. Instead of giving people severance, you find ways to turn them into independent contractors and then let them go. You take people who have dedicated decades of their lives to your company and you throw them away. You destroy the very neighborhoods and the cities that you claim to live in while finding yourself in a different location. You charge people with time theft. You destroy their lives as you do far worse behind the scenes. Richard Wallace. And the cryptid leans in. I am not going to kill you, you absolute fucking coward. Because removing you would only put another Dick Wallace in its place. I'm going to keep up with you, and you're going to do what I want, or you will die, and I will keep going down the line of Richard Wallace's until I find one that will listen. And I release the hold a little bit so that he can talk. Thank you. I look back at the the person who was there. And as you do, a shot rings out. And they fall face forward to the mouth of the alley, dead. Standing behind them are two members of Carmichael's Dread Ringers. That's right, those, oh, fuck. (laughs) And they look at you, Cryptid, and say, hey, it's our buddy. Listen, we're gonna take Dick Wallace here and, uh, he, he's got a meeting with Carmichael. You wouldn't want to get in the way of that, would you? Uh, the cryptid looks back at, at Dick and then looks back at the Dreadringers and then like kind of just like lets out a sigh 
looks like my information might have been bad. I didn't realize that you were already dead. And then I drop him. And I'm going to literally bound up the wall of this building that we're next to. I think this needs to be an act under pressure roll to get away. Yeah, that's fine with me. I mean, the other two rolls were so good. This one is going to be good, too. Right. I mean, let's, yeah, we haven't failed yet. Let's be Why real. start now? Well, okay, six and a two, so that actually ends up being a nine total with my plus one. So it's not a fail. <laughs> Here's the thing, Kelly. Your bullet wound has not fully healed yet. When you got winged by the police at the end of the last arc, it went deep. You had to spend some time pulling the bullet out. We don't have to go into any more detail than that. But it kind of fucked up some internal stuff in one of your arms. And as you go to to leap up onto the wall and onto the rooftops, you feel that wound reopen a bit. And when we come back, Kelly, from this downtime, you are going to start with one harm as this wound remains persistent. Behind you, as you bound over the rooftops, you hear the laughs of the Dreadringers and the screams of Richard Wallace as he is dragged away to a waiting black SUV. Do you follow? No. Then the SUV disappears off into the night and Butch appears from the shadows in front of you. You had a great opportunity to take two Dreadringers out. If you'd asked for my aid, I would have done it. We are a team, Kelly, but there are things I require from you. Kelly, like, is massaging his his arm where the, the bullet wound is. Butch, we're gonna do this. But given the situation that you and I had with the previous encounter at Kaliani's house, where you killed a bunch of people, this arrangement is only gonna work if we do things a little bit more my way. And what happens when your way fails? 